You guys, you guys, you guys, I found the magic book. I found it. Paul's magic book. Paul's magic book. Yeah, the book of spells. Yeah. Chonks gets it. Uh, okay. What's what's in the book of spells? Oh no, is he actually part of some kind of creepy cult? I knew it. I knew it. I called it. I knew he was creepy. You cult it. <laughs> Dear Diary, what a strange and exciting day it has been. Last night there was something of a commotion, which turned out to be thieves. We didn't know what they were after at the time, but we did discover that my father's far-fetched touche was missing. I, I don't... This is not spells. Yeah, this is like a secret thing that we probably shouldn't be reading. <sighs> yeah, Callan, we absolutely should not be reading it. What's it say next? The thieves got away, and it seems Touche must have chased them out into the hedge maze. I do so admire his pluck. Father must be so proud of him. I briefly considered going after him alone, but thought better of it, and struck out for the city at first light to find some willing trainers to assist in the search. And find them I did. I had scarcely been in town for a couple of hours when I came across three trainers. That's generous. A very confused person named Callan. Maybe that's part of the illusionist thing. Maybe he's confusing confusion with mm, illusions. I think that's it. He's definitely a magician. A rather quiet one called Victor. What? Oh no, he's writing about me. Oh no, you guys, I really don't want to read this. Oh no. Yeah, but what if there's spells? And who I suspect is the unspoken leader of their group, Ford. The what? I do. Uh, mm, mm, uh, I literally have no idea what's going on, like any of the time. No, I like it though. Prime Minister Ford, President Ford. I think that's taken. After some time spent trying to convince Callan that I am not a magician, note to self: perhaps I should learn some magic tricks. Oh, now he's going to learn more magic tricks. I think when he gets famous, he should definitely credit me. I explained the situation with Touche, and we set off for the estate. Upon arrival, we wasted little time. I, of course, introduced them to Father, who seemed absolutely delighted to meet them all. An excellent sign. That dude ruled. I helped them heal up the Pokemon, and then we set out for the maze straight away. And, oh, diary, you know I do so enjoy a quick jaunt through the maze but it's even more pleasant with company. Naturally, these trainers were not terribly familiar with the Galarian Pokemon. I totally know all about those. Which made it all the more special when they had an opportunity for some quick battles. I did my best to keep out of it, but of course it wouldn't be sporting not to help out at least a bit. Oddly, they didn't seem interested in catching them. I mean, we encountered a lovely Litwick and Miltan together, along with uh, Zigzagoon. Hand puppet. Almost immediately upon entering the hedge maze, and they simply knocked them all out. A plus for enthusiasm, to be sure. But I did find it odd that they wouldn't wish to add any of our fine Galarian specimens to their respective teams. Regardless, we arrived at the Hone Edge Fountain, the first marker in the hedge maze, shortly thereafter. The trainers and I rested while their Pokemon, Ford's rather sassy totodile called Posey, totodile. Victor's mysterious Abra Spoons, Abra. and Callan's playful and mischievous Charmander Chonks, yeah. 
man there. Joined by my sweet Mau Mau for some berries. Ah, guys, Mau Mau. Go home, Mau Mau. Yeah. Come to think of it, I believe there was a Pidgey out as well. Well, no matter. Pidgey, that's you! A quick rest later, and we set off again. We encountered some more Pokemon, two Zigzagoons and a Meltan. And I will say that this time, Victor seemed interested in catching one. He just had the absolute worst of luck and could not manage to keep a Zigzagoon in the ball. Ugh, that was embarrassing. Eventually, the Meltan and one of the Zigzagoons were defeated. The other Zigzagoon ran off, and then Spoons teleported away. Victor searched for him, but what he found instead was the Dublade Fountain. We were all close behind him, of course, and then when we arrived, we discovered him holding a slip of paper, a note he had just found. I, I still have that, right? Yes, yes, I still have that. Okay, good. Whew. On the note was a rather bizarre list of Pokemon. A Clefairy, Abra, a Dragonair, Omanite Fossil, Jinx, Zapdos, and Bidoof. And the Clefairy and Omanite Fossil were both struck through. Now that's too many for a team, and honestly a rather unorthodox combination anyway. Yeah, that's what I that's what I thought when I saw the list too. I don't know what kind of Pokemon unorthodox is. One of them is a legendary. Utterly strange. In any case, since one of the listed Pokemon was an Abra, and with Spoons missing, naturally Victor was quite concerned. Uh, yeah, oh man, Spoons? You're not gonna run off again, right? You're gonna let me know next time? Thank you. He needn't have been, though. M moments later, Spoons reappeared, and with a Zigzagoon floating alongside him. I've never seen a Pokemon capture another, but then I've always heard that Abras are exceptionally intelligent. That's right. In any case, Victor convinced the Zigzagoon to join his team. <laughs> and after another quick discussion about the list, we pressed on again. We did see some more Pokemon, but this time they did not engage us in battle. Callan, however, managed to stop a Litwick long enough to talk it into joining her team. Just like that. Aw, Liddy, That's you! Okay. Twice in a row, these trainers have simply spoken with a Pokémon and talked it into a ball. If these are their preferred tactics, it's no wonder their teams are so small. Yeah, well, I'd rather have a small team than a small- Don't After this, we redoubled our search efforts. Pidgey went aloft to help look, and led us to Touche. He was in the center of the maze, at the Aegislash Fountain, and so were two people. I was sure these must have been the thieves from the previous night. After all, Touche had clearly knocked them unconscious, and they were just coming to. But according to their story, they weren't even sure where they were. They had been poker hunting in some caves and simply woken up here. I thought it reasonable to have them come back to the estate for cross-examination, but for some reason, one of them, a girl named Karai, who Ford explained to me was a ninja, refused. It's almost as if she didn't want to help at all. The other fellow, um, Jessica or some such, I don't recall his name. Was that that guy's name? Seemed to agree, but then another voice called out. The new voice turned out to be from a Pokemon. Diary... I know this is unbelievable, but it was a Persian. The evolved form of non-Galarian Meowths, and it spoke as plainly as any person. And it seemed to be giving orders, almost as if it was itself a Pokemon trainer. With a cry of, let them have it, there was suddenly a thick cloud of smoke covering the maze, I think from a wheezing. We all were thrust into battle. 
I threw Mau Mau at the Persian, using that new maneuver we've been working on, the Pokeball special, where I throw Mau Mau as if he's a Pokeball, and Spoons assisted him. Uh, meanwhile, Posey and Chunks kept Karai and that Jake fellow from leaving. No, it wasn't that. Touche and the Pidgey worked together to try and clear out some of the smoke, but there was quite a lot of it. I even brought out Ponyard and Lance to help, but unfortunately, Karai still managed to escape. The Persian called for a temporary truce and explained some of what had been going on. Uh, evidently, he had been following Karai and Jonathan. It could have been Jonathan. No, that's not right either. And saw some masked individuals with metal Pokeballs using Hypno to control Hoot Hoots. And then later, Karai and Jason as well. Mm, no. Mm. That's how they got into the maze without knowing where they were. Uh, Victor showed the list of Pokemon to the Persian, and he confirmed that it had belonged to Karai. Then we parted ways. We took Jennifer back to the castle for an interview with the guards. Not even close. Come on. On the way back, Ford discovered a small box containing my father's primal stone. I believe, dear diary, that this is likely what the thieves were after. Now back at the castle, father was reunited with Touche, and he very generously compensated the trainers for their help. Just as I expected he would. I didn't have any money. Nobody tell her. Callan tried to burn hers, but fortunately Ford took it away before she could. Hey, give it back. I just, I, ugh. way to go, Paul. The trainers discussed the primal stone with father, and he agreed to let them borrow it for a time, though I suspect he won't really mind if they keep it. He was only using it as a display piece anyway, and he has more than enough things on display. The uh, Julian fellow was questioned. Okay, it's... Do you guys remember that guy's name? Because I'm, I'm dying here. Jorgensen. That might have been it. And indeed, he does not seem to know much. It seems Karai had tricked him with some story about Pokemon Liberation. But given that she also tried to steal spoons, it is unlikely that this is true. That is no way to start a relationship. Eventually, uh, Jeffrey told us that he has a flight from Pewter to Fuchsia City to rescue a Dragonair, one of the Pokemon on the list, which means Karai is likely headed there as well. You know, it might have been Jeffrey. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that was it. Given this information, the trainers all agreed to meet him in Pewter City and accompany him. Good show to all involved, I think. Upon Jim's departure... Oh, it's definitely Jeffrey. I'm sticking with it. And with some time left before dinner... I offered to battle each of the trainers, with an invitation to the Pokemon Coronation Ceremony at the WCS on the line for anyone who won. Ford put up his totodile, Posey, followed by his manky named Aaron, but neither was much of a match against Ponyard. I really... I really... It wasn't the po... Mm, I... Ah, uh, he's right. A totodile! Alright, alright, I know it wasn't your... Totodile! Uh, alright. Alright, it was... it was on me. It was on me. Chonks made Callan proud, I'm sure, by making quick work of both my Escavalier Lance and then Honedge. T-K-O! 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 I don't know what that means. Victor rounded it out, putting Spoons and his new Zigzagoon up against Ponyard, who handily won again. Oh, well, get him next time, you guys. Sorry. As promised, I presented Callan with a token of the Vambrace estate, the Aegislash shield, 
proving she is qualified for the Pokemon Coronation Ceremony. Everyone fought so well, though, that I gave them all some additional prizes. I got a Metal Claw. I don't remember what I got. Helen, you got cut. No, I'm I'm fine. Look it. Wait, you're cut? No, that. No one that's, cut me. That's the the move. She oh, she got okay. the. Never mind. Finally, it was time for dinner, from which I've just come. It was an event to be remembered. Rose slowpoke tails were served. Gross. Not cool, dude. Yeah, don't need those. And several curries and spaghetti by special request. Father brought out the tattooist and had a quote Ford had said earlier, love is brightest in the dark, done in unknowns. I don't even remember where I heard that. Ford got Posey's name tattooed on his arm. Yeah. You're next, Posey. And I got Van Brace on my knuckles. There was also more than a comfortable amount of discussion about father's past lovers and how I got my name. That was weird. After dinner, the trainers took their leave, but I hope to see them again before the next World Coronation Ceremony. Well, that wasn't too bad. Maybe Victor's right. Maybe we need to quit reading. No, I think next what we do is read the first letter of each line, and that's going to be the spell. Cha. Abra. Computer City.